Welcome back, everyone, to Ian Hates Conversations. I really never thought I'd say this, but tonight, my guests are Logan, Alec, and Blue from Scarlett O'Hara. That's right, the great Scarlett O'Hara. After almost an eight-year hiatus, they are back with their brand new album, Welcome Back to the Brodeo. We have so much to talk about, so without further ado... There's no better way to begin than with Welcome Back to the Brodeo, Step Right Up. Enjoy.
All right, everyone, and welcome back. I am here with Logan, Alec, and Blue of Scarlett O'Hara. This is something I really never thought was going to happen. So I got to ask right away, guys, how are you doing tonight? What's up, man? This is Logan. I'm chilling here with uh, Alec. Got our merch guy, Blue. We're uh, excited to be here with you, man. Yeah, what's going on, man? Very cool, guys. So we just had a little, you know, extra conversation off air, and I know that you guys are in Texas right now. We were talking about how much I miss it. Do you guys, is that like a favorite place for you, or do you really like going on tour to get out? So Texas is, is really important to Scarlet. I mean, we're, we're all about the, uh, the Texas vibe. It's in our name. It's in our, uh, the design, our logo, everything. So we're, we're really happy to be in Texas. Uh, whenever we have the chance to play, we, we, we definitely love that. Um, but we love getting out on the road as well and getting to see new places. That's, that's always really exciting for us. And we always look um, forward to hanging out with our fans out of, out of Texas and elsewhere. Definitely. Very cool. And yeah, I for sure miss it the most. So let me ask you this. What is your favorite part of living in Texas? Oh, man, it's uh, I mean, because we're South Texas, man. So we get, you know, the the grade A, you know, Mexican food, dude. It's uh, got you got your street tacos, you know, got everything, man. Best enchiladas around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're killing definitely the food. The food's one of the highlights of, you know, being down here. I can certainly imagine. I definitely can. All right. So we need to jump into some stuff because I've been waiting to do this interview for eight years, probably. So let's get into some stuff right now. And you've got the brand new album, Welcome Back to the Brodeo, which is coming out. We're doing this on Wednesday. It's coming out on Friday, August 10th. So I have had a chance to listen to it. It is really, really great. And we'll get into that for sure. But what I want to ask right away how did everything get back on track? Who ended the hiatus? How did you guys get back together? So it's a funny story. It, uh, it actually came all about in, I want to say, November of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just on the band Facebook, and I decided to post up uh, one of our old promo pictures. It was the one that we used for the Call It Reckless uh, EP. Oh, wow, yeah. And... Uh, you know, it, it got a ton of uh, positive response and, and we just saw all these comments and how many uh, people still were really into the band and, and wanted that um, version of Scarlet uh, to, to start doing stuff again. And um, from there, I kind of got into touch with um, some of the other members. Alec and, and Arnie have always been in the close contact with me. Um, I've been living with Arnie for the last eight years ah. and, and Alec. Uh, he's always with me. We're always hanging out. We're like a family. So they were on board right away. And uh, one day we just randomly called Eddie and we're like, hey, man, we're thinking about doing the band again. Um, what do you think? And without hesitation, he was just like, hell yeah, I'm in. Very cool. We are really excited about that. And, uh, you know, because we keep in contact throughout the throughout that hiatus, but it wasn't so much so with the other guys, like how Alec and, and Arnie are with myself so it was good getting to hear that eddie wanted to do it again and then the next step was really just um getting renee on board since you know we hadn't spoken to him and in, in quite a while he was doing his uh, other projects and we were just kind of busy doing our own and and living life you know how that goes sure so he called me in uh january 
um, or I want to say I take that back. He called me on December 31st, right before uh, New Year's, and we spoke about it, and he was on board, and so we, you know, we just started writing, and things ended up a different way, um, which is great. I mean, we still support Renee. We love Renee, and he's always going to be part of the Scarlet family, but uh, it just kind of took a turn for where it is now in maybe February of, of uh, 2017. And so the rest is we just started working on it, and here we are. Very cool. So you basically have everyone back in the band minus uh, Renee, which you had just mentioned. So you've got Arnie, yourself, Eddie, Andrew, and then Alec, of course, who's on the line as well. And then Blue is doing your merch. So how was that writing process different? So you mentioned that Renee had kind of started with you and then whatever happened, you guys decided not to go forward with that. But how did the actual writing process go for the new album? Well, I mean, uh, even during the hiatus, uh, I mean, we were, you know, we were still writing, you know, me and Logan and Artie, we, we were still, you know, always just, I mean, because it's just, know, in it's us. just what we love to do. So, I mean, even if we, you know, we had so many tracks like that we were doing forever ago that, you know, probably won't get released or anything. But we just we really kept with it. And then it was just a matter of, you know, getting into contact with everyone, which, you know, probably took you know longer than we'd hoped. But sure. Um, yeah. But I mean, everything everything turned out really good. But, you know, we for sure were writing a lot during the hiatus, too. And then so we we were ready to you know, we were ready with material. You know, we kept up with everything. So, you know, it's just the whole process was. Uh, it was a lot of work, but I mean, it's like, you know, it's what we love to do. So it's, you know, it's a lot of fun and, uh, you know, just good times. Yeah. The three of you have a very like close knit relationship, as you had mentioned. And after Scarlett O'Hara kind of went on hiatus, you guys also did Climax too, right? Yeah, we, we, uh, we dabbled in, in some other projects to keep busy, but ultimately when, when we were doing that, that was just one of those periods we weren't really sure as to what we were what we wanted to do going forward mm-hmm. um that was in 2014 2015 when everything was still kind of up in the air but um that that was important because we really got down some of the the basics as to what we wanted to do coming back into scarlet we were able to weed out all of our crazy and unusual ideas with with that project and then coming into scarlet uh, and Brodio, we had a super defined vision of what we wanted this album to be. I mean, it, there was no question as to what it was going to sound like or what it was going to be. It was just when we figured out in February the solid lineup of us, um, how it currently is, minus Renee, uh, we went right away to work and, and just nailed it. And uh, we're really happy with, with how it came out. It's It's a really coherent and put together album from beginning to end in the sense that every track uh, relates to each other and kind of tells a story from beginning to the very end. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on as well. Is this a concept album? It's not so much a concept album. It is in a way, but it's sort of a mix between doing a not so much a redux, but we wanted to pick up where we left off with loss in existence and you can hear a lot of where we kind of touched on the current sound in our previous album uh with songs like welcome to the brodeo you can already hear that that heavier edge that we were kind of dabbling in but we were still in loss in existence keeping that 
mellow-ish post-hardcore side to us whereas sure. with this album we've really just really embraced the uh metalcore and the um kind of pantera uh influences that we have being here in texas i think sure. they, they really come out in songs like karma and and welcome back to the brodeo mm-hmm. yeah i could definitely see that kind of working off of what you just mentioned you're absolutely right there is definitely a difference between Lost in Existence and Welcome Back to the Brodeo. But there's also that kind of signature Scarlett O'Hara sound where I think if someone came in and was listening to one of the tracks from the new album, they'd be like, wow, that's definitely Scarlett O'Hara. So how did you guys make sure to kind of mix that in? Was it more in the vocals? Was it more in the instruments? How did you guys make sure that you were still being yourselves? It, it's it's mainly I want to say with with the instrumentation uh, they're they're pretty similar in a lot of aspects. We had a lot of of um, ideas as to what we wanted to do with this, and we used a lot of the influence for Welcome Back to the Brodeo. Um, you know, the influence was lost in existence, so they they shine in that sense. The guitar works uh, similar. Um, Eddie picked off right where he he stopped in uh you know back in the day he sounds great just like he did uh when we were touring every day so we were incredibly excited to hear that i mean he he kills it he he hadn't done it in a while and uh he stepped in the booth and then got out of track and it was awesome so we we knew we were already right there on the right track and uh, had something good in the works was there anything that you guys needed to do you just mentioned you know eddie taking a break and then having to come back and do what he used to do. Was there anything that you guys had to do to train up to make sure that you were ready to do this? Um, well, I mean, before we hit studio dates, obviously, you know, we, you know, made sure everyone was, you know, ready to go and everything. But, uh, you know, Eddie really just, I mean, just like Logan said, he really picked up right where he left off and he sounded great. And, uh, you know, day one in the studio when we were doing, Welcome back to the Brodeo. I mean, we just started, you know, just uh, he, he went in. We had all the instruments done. He went in and he just like just killed it. And we yeah. just everyone got super excited. And uh, but I mean, there was definitely some practicing beforehand. Um, we use we use Pro Tools to do uh, to do a lot of our practicing. We, we nail out some of our rhythms like that. And then we're uh, able to really fine tune our guitar playing um utilizing that it, it's a lot cleaner than if we have it on an amp and we're able to uh to make sure everything is tight and in sync and then from there we we would go into the studio and um record it and then reamp everything and get it all going so we we had we had some practice and some time to to get our chops back in order before we went and recorded it was there anything specifically that you guys wanted to show off was there anything that you said I've been waiting to do this for a while on a Scarlett O'Hara album. I want to do this. Was there anything like that for you guys? Yeah, we we had um, when we did Brodeo the first time. We really thought that doing those kind of harmony riffs uh, that Alec and I do right there in the beginning, uh, we thought that that was kind of a signature touch on Scarlett and something sure. that could really shine out through a lot of the songs. Um, so that was definitely something that we wanted to do a lot more of. We wanted to have more uh, guitar work involved with this album, um, as opposed to just doing the the post hardcore is is a little bit different from where we're at now. Metalcore, you know, the tempos are faster, and so we're definitely doing a lot more. And Alec and myself, as as 
guitar players we you know we we want to take as much time doing guitar and all that as we can and add as right. much uh, as we can to it so we we love doing that and um there's a part in in dude you're still being that guy where uh it's right before a breakdown and it's a really held out long scream it's mm-hmm. the line is you're such a fucking shame right but i, I had wanted to do one of those really long held out kind of 2010 era <laughs> screams like that so I, I definitely got to uh to do that in that track and it, it was one of my favorite moments for sure very cool and i guess that also kind of brings up logan you're doing a lot of the clean vocals again for this album correct so was there anything there because there is definitely a difference between you know 2010 and 2018 with the way you're tackling this not going as much on the post-hardcore side going more on the metalcore side. How did you kind of get ready for that? Well, we, we were honest with ourselves and basically said we're not, you know, 18 or 19 anymore. So if we're <laughs> going to be trying to, to do that same kind of thing, it's going to come off as just not good. So sure. we took a hard look in the mirror and said, uh, you know, we're, we're men now, so we're going to try to do something that's more in our vocal range, something that's a little bit easier. So we're able to, uh, to do that with, you know, it's it was a good mixture of the the stuff we did in Lost in Existence, mm-hmm. with the exception of we just didn't do as many overlapping harmonies. That that's right. one of the key differences that I can kind of say that we didn't do on this album because we just wanted to keep it more uh, raw and and organic as opposed to having you know four different layers of of vocal harmony and all these overlapping things. So that's that's definitely one of the uh, the other things that we we had in mind uh, throughout the entire album and basically just writing all the vocal parts and the vocal lines um, in a key and in a cadence that we're comfortable with uh, performing, you know, night to night. So, and kind of going off of that, I know that not only did you do some of the, you know, the clean vocals, you did some of the high screaming in there as well. I was told as well that Arnie did some of the low screams. How did you guys work this out with Eddie of who would take over what? Well, since um, 2010, Arnie had been doing the low vocal, and that's one of the kind of uh, one of the other things you touched on earlier. One of the signature things that we wanted to do with Scarlet, we call it here in our circle, we call it the tri vocal. Ah. Um, and it's something that we actively have in mind whenever we're writing. And the tri-vocal is basically it's Eddie doing the yell mid with myself doing a high over it and mm-hmm. Arnie doing a real guttural low. And when we put it all together, it, it gives you a, you know, that, that um, scarlet sound that everybody knows is in every one of our songs. It's just memorable. It's a signature thing that we do. And, and uh, we're not too sure of that many other people that do stuff like that. So it's, right. it's certainly one of our um, signature touches that we like to throw in every every song. Yeah, it's something that definitely made Lost in Existence stand out. Because I think, and that's where we'll skew off for a little bit, we'll come back to the new album. But one of the things about you guys being able to come back, you know, eight years later after Lost in Existence came out, is that you did, in a very crowded marketplace, you were able to put out an album that has, you know, not to be cliche, but it's like stood the test of time where people remember that even though there were so many bands doing that post-hardcore slash metalcore with a little electronics in it as well. 
do you think that that's what made you guys stand out the most? You know, we we were so surprised when we saw the reaction that we had um, in the later years after uh, Lost in Existence was released. And I, I think when we first came out in 2010 with that album, it, it was in the heat of the of the scene. I mean, we had all the the great releases coming out in that period, all the ones that we look at as you know the the most memorable ones of that era. So it might've gotten crowded in, in that sense. Um, but coming back, I mean, we saw all these people uh, saying good things about that album and it really, it really surprised us. And um, we were so grateful. And that was a big boost uh, that made us want to uh, continue on with that sound. Um, you know, it, it obviously it's in our style to write like that, but a lot of artists, especially in today's time right now, they're experimenting with different sounds and, mm -hmm. and trying to incorporate different aspects into the metalcore genre and into this scene. And, and at the time, I, I just think that ours was um, not something that wasn't being done at the time, but people, it, it, it just got overcrowded. And now um, we have just a, a, a solid following um, to help back this new album and, basically just confirm all the things that we uh, wanted to do when we started writing in 2010 and through right to this period. Do you guys have any like specific references or anyone that you were kind of looking up to with Welcome Back to the Brodeo compared to when you were much younger doing Lost in Existence? So the scene was a lot, a lot different, but a lot of the people are still, they're still active and doing it. I mean, obviously we, we have influences from all over, but some of the guys we were really um, looking up to at that time, we, we did get to tour with them. I know Alec and Arnie were really in, into a Skylit drive at that time. Sure. Um, you know, they, they, they are super important to the scene and to all of us in that period. So it, they, that was definitely fun getting to tour with them. Um, we got to play the Alasana. Those were oh, another yeah. hero to, to us. Uh, scary sure. kids, scaring kids. Oh, all of those, God. you know, original scene uh, pioneers, Chiodos, all, all of those. We definitely looked up to uh, to all of them. And and going forward with this album, we kept a lot of the same influences, and mm -hmm. and we weren't so much listening to other bands trying to do anything that somebody else was doing it's, it's like i said previously we had a really solid idea of what we wanted right. welcome back to the brodeo uh, to sound like regardless if if that's what the scene uh, was into at that time or whatever we just we knew what we wanted to do with this album and and uh it, it shines through with it it's it's pretty coherent from beginning to end and uh it was just really important for us to keep that flow um, we're, we're not a fan of filler or anything like that. So we didn't want to put any sort of track that somebody want to skip over, even when it comes down to the instrumentals, you know, if, if you sure. check out, um, uh, the very final track curtain call, we, we leave that little surprise in there, breakdown yeah. at the very end, just to kind of send it off in a good way. So there, there's surprises in every song to keep people entertained and, and wanting to check out the, the entirety of the album. It's, you know, there's there's nothing in there that we just threw in because of the hell of it. I mean, we really wanted to um, write an album that, like Lost in Existence, and fortunately uh, being able to have such a high uh, review eight years later, we're hoping that that Brodia will be um, received the same way. Hopefully, absolutely. 
And because you mentioned it, I was going to save it for a little later, but you mentioned Curtain Call. And then there's also the track that, you know, leads into it until next time. And I was just wondering, it seems like with the lyrics of until next time and then in Curtain Call, how you mentioned, it's kind of a instrumental, you know, kind of has that carnival effect with it. But at the end, you come back with the heavy. Is that kind of a message to people letting people know, hey, you know, I know we did a hiatus, but we're not going anywhere and we're going to be Scarlett O'Hara for a while? Absolutely. That, you know, one of, one of the things, if you check out our album art, we throw little little uh, Easter eggs. I don't know if you've ever caught any of them, but we have little surprises and things like that that uh, longtime fans will be able to latch on to if they For look sure. hard enough. And uh, we definitely included that in, in the songs as well. Um, if the lyrics seem uh, like they're trying to hint something, then the chances <laughs> are with Scarlet that they probably are. So... Yeah, definitely. That's that's right on the money, though. And um, we, we left it right open to to continue. I mean, we're not we have no plans whatsoever to, to slow up or any anything like that. We've been on hiatus too long and we're <laughs> itching to get back into it and stick around. So that's but, great yeah. news. Yeah. Go ahead. No, just hell yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. No, I've been. Yeah. Blue's excited. He wants to go out on the road dude, again. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting for these guys to go back on tour, man, too. So I'm just like, dude, let's do it. It's always fun to go on tour with these guys. <laughs> That's a good follow-up, actually. Are there tour plans in the future? So currently, we're working right now with Artery Global, mm-hmm. um, with uh, Seth Stone. He's our agent. He's representing us here in the uh, U.S. And we have some representation in the U.K. Okay. as well. Um, at the moment, we don't have anything set. Uh, in stone we don't have any dates planned but we are absolutely in the works uh negotiating and planning um for 2019 we're, we're hoping to have a, a a productive busy year and so we're working with a lot of great people um we have a wonderful team and so we're we're excited to see where it leads very cool absolutely great news so let's go back for a second where you talked about having this exact plan of how you wanted the new album to sound when you all got together and you were planning this out, there's the whole carnival aspect that's in all the artwork. And then it's also, like you mentioned, it's in some of the music as well. Was that where you guys had that planned out already and why that direction in particular? Yeah. So we, we already had um, that idea in the artwork, the, the Brodio artwork was, created before even the the album uh was being written or anything like that so we already had visual idea and and concept in our head um and basically the idea for that is is like we said earlier we're all about texas uh we're we're texas boys we we love it it's it's in our blood and so one of the most memorable or iconic things i guess about texas is the rodeos and if if you've ever been to a rodeo uh, you know, it's it's a crazy atmosphere. You got people flying off of bulls. You got people getting bucked off of horses. It's just a crazy kind of uh, atmosphere and good time. And and most of the time, there's there's rides and tents and all this cool stuff like that. So, with the Brodio concept, we wanted to kind of portray what we feel uh, is is like a a rodeo, but in a crazy alternate dimension where things are you know upside down and crazy just something like that but it uh 
if you check out the the album art, we got even a guy on a cat on a on a horse raising his cowboy hat and all that, and that's kind of another Easter egg, little little throw hint to our uh, Texas roots and all that. Right. So, so the the, the carnival feature uh, aspect of it, that that part, we we wanted to make the rodeo thing kind of feel creepy and and mm-hmm. sort of uh, get that real. That that feeling when you looked at the Lost in Existence album, the guy doesn't look human. He he kind of looks like he's you know undead or something like that, and he's dissolving in the crows. So right. we wanted to have sort create sort of a world where everybody was like that. That's just the norm. And with all of the art panels, that that's basically if you look at the grass and how everything, just the the, the scenery, it just seems like very uh, ethereal, real. You know, kind of like if if you were to just go into a, a Halloween uh undead world 24 7 and uh so that that's definitely where that part made its way into the into the album and and when you have a a real defined um concept like that it 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 lends itself to writing music that can complement it and since we already had a visual of what we wanted um the album to look like aesthetically we were able to then write the music to basically just be the soundtrack and and really fit in with with the album art so I'm I'm one of those huge uh, album art fans, and yeah. it, it sucks in today's time we're we're really not even seeing too many physical CDs. That's crazy. So the importance on uh on album art and having a, a detailed or interesting album art isn't really the priority so much. So that that was one of the things with this album that uh, we really wanted to to have fun with and and uh, get all of our creative ideas out with. Yeah, and I think you know speaking as a fan. I think that's really important as well. And I enjoyed looking at the artwork. I mean, like you mentioned with the crows, there are crows on this album as well. It almost feels like to me, like I'm a big Dark Tower fan by Stephen King. And this feels like the artwork of an area that they go through at one yeah. time. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. And, and that, that's so that's cool, though, that you mentioned that. I, I'm a huge fan uh, as well of, uh, of all of that kind of, you know, the, the 1980s horror and, and even so much as uh, Stranger Things, that, oh, that sure. kind of 1980s feel that you get when you watch it and in the sense of the the credits um, are a certain font and just the, the way that they color it, it, it makes you feel like you're in a certain era. And that's kind of what we wanted to portray with, with this album art. It, it, Stephen King is definitely a... a an influence and and goosebumps too if you can oh, believe it yeah we were looking at those old uh the old books that we got and and a lot of the the album art is is similar in that aspect with the colors and the slime kind of mm-hmm. deal so right we're we're huge huge fans of that i'm a i'm a big halloween guy if, if i could have it be a october year round <laughs> i would so i think right. that comes out in the album for sure oh awesome no that's very very cool all right well we're going to talk about a little bit more of that. I'm sure we'll talk horror movies or something at the end as well because I love talking about that stuff for sure. But let me also ask, there's something that I had missed from before. So when you guys all got together and you had this concept ready, who ended up writing the lyrics for the album? Was that something that you guys put on Eddie or was that a joint process? That The the lyric department, that was taken over by... Um, we, we all did it, but mainly how it works is Alec and myself will be in a room 90% of the time we'll we'll come up with what we like to think of as the foundation mm-hmm. and we get a general idea of what we what we want the lyrical content to be and and we do real cliche things like 
you know, brainstorm and, and get on our phone and put on the note section words like monolithic or, you know, <laughs> things that we sure. kind of want to have in, in the song. And, and I'm a big fan of writing out in just one sentence kind of what you want to portray with the entirety of, of what that track will be. So we would do that a lot. And then uh, we'd come up with, with the general outline of all the lyrics. Um, and then we, we send them to Eddie to have his input as well. And then he, he adds his tweaks and modifications. Uh, so it, it is definitely a, a group effort. And then, you know, uh, Arnie definitely doing his vocal. Uh, he, he adds his input in certain areas. He'll be like, Hey, let's, uh, let's add this move, for example, so we can do a real cool low high. So it's, it's definitely a, uh, a group group deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, like one other thing I want to just point out with the lyrics is, um, I mean, with some of the songs, like, well, what I'll talk about is we, we did a show. I mean, we did a song called the show must go on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, so there's definitely like the, you know, what stands out at you is, uh, you know, it's about, it's the carnival thing. So it's like the shows, you know, the show must go on. It's like, you know, it's continuing, but there's a lot of, uh, in some of these songs there's kind of hidden meetings. I mean, the show must go on. We, we had a, you know, life happens, like we said earlier, and, uh, you know, some good, some bad, but the song is actually about life. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the show must go on, life must go on. It's like you have good times, you have bad times. But uh, so that song, uh, you know, we we really got deep on that one. I mean, some of the lyrical content on that one's, you know, means a lot to some of us. And, uh, you know, just stuff like that, you know, it's uh, there's definitely the the reason, you know, that jumps out at you. It's like, oh, OK, it's pertaining to the show must go on, like the carnival show. But some of them definitely do have some deeper meanings. Yeah, I'd imagine. So, I mean, being gone for that long where you're still making music, you're still in the scene, but the band itself being on hiatus for so long, I'm sure a lot of life happened to everyone in the band during that time. So, yeah, I would assume that also influenced the album as well. Was there anything specific in your lives that really you wanted to put down for this album? Um. Well, I won't get into the nitty gritty, but I mean, definitely some bad times and sure. uh, and uh, writing became very therapeutic for some of us, me especially. And, uh, you know, it just felt good to let some things out, you know, not, you know, being super literal, but, you know, it feels good to, you know, write and let things out and express yourself in a different way. So it definitely helps some of us, you know, me especially. Yeah, that, that that's Alec there for you. He, uh, he, he definitely... Um you know, add, adds a lot of the uh, meanings and everything, like you said. So when we're writing songs, I'm I'm primarily uh, the one adding the little, the most obvious um, double meanings behind it. And then when it comes to actually solid, getting down the solid, what it truly means, that it, they have deeper meanings. And and for Alec, especially this album was really. Uh, you know, really important and, and helped out a lot during during some of these periods because you can only imagine eight years is a long time for anybody and and life's crazy. So, but we're fortunate enough to to still all be here together and and uh, write an album. Still, there there's I'm sure a lot of people from uh, that our era of 2010 that released an album and, and would like to have some sort of comeback but they're just not in a place to and right. god willing you know we we found ourselves able to to go out and write a solid full-length album and get the the perfect personnel that we want we got joel wanasek uh mixing and mastering the album mm -hmm. i mean we we couldn't have asked for a 
for a better uh, person on that on that aspect. Joel has worked with everybody in the scene. Um, right. I mean, it, it, his his work speaks for himself, and to have him on here was amazing. And uh, we were blessed with a studio down here, a world class studio, uh, Sounds of Rain, with a super experienced engineer. He's been working with us since our first EP. Charlie Vela, what's up, Charlie? So, uh, you know, we, we definitely like to keep everything um, as close to home as we can. And but uh, but with Joel and, and our outside help, I mean, we just we're so happy with it. Absolutely. And you definitely should be. I mean, I know I mentioned at the beginning that I really, really enjoyed the album, but it's just a great, great follow up to Lost in Existence. So for sure, you guys did an amazing job. Let me ask you guys about you know, you're talking about keeping in Texas and, you know, you went from Rise Records to now what label you're working with Artery, but I see a lot of South Texas metalcore. Is that a label? Is that you guys as an independent? What is that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so South Texas metalcore STMC, that that's basically our uh, collective. It's our label that, that we're independently doing cool. um, right. using the the knowledge and all of the the personnel that we uh, met up with during the lost in existence period, um, we kept in contact and we we're, we we're just able to to uh, get a solid release um, without having to have uh, any outside help um, in the actual label recording department. So STMC that that's basically we wanted to uh, represent South Texas and McAllen in general. Um, the RGV, you know, we have a super vibrant music scene here. Uh, we always have going back to the eighties. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a rock punk metal town. Yeah. Uh, our roots are solidly in, uh, alternative kinds of, of music like this. And, uh, it, it was really important to, to kind of give back, uh, to our area in that sense, because, um, Back when we were doing shows in in 2007, when we were first starting 2008, mm -hmm. uh, the the scene was was really 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 supportive. It was really big. Um, it was really happening, and it, it allowed us to get on the map uh, nationally and get the attention of Rise. And if we didn't have that that hometown love and and uh, scene like we did down here, uh, we it just wouldn't have been possible. So. We we want to give back and kind of show some some light on the the music scene and hopefully have people ask exactly like like what you're doing what is South Texas metalcore and it, it gives us the chance to uh to say I mean because we we have a ton of awesome bands down here and and coming from such a small and isolated area um, you wouldn't think it and and every time we we speak to somebody and tell them we're from McAllen they're like what you're from a small place like that but. You know, we got a ton of awesome talent here, and and you know, it should be it should be on the map. So we're we're hope, hoping to uh to shine, you know, with South Texas Motocore. For sure. So tell me a little bit about McAllen then as well. Like, do you guys have a lot of venues out there that you're able to play a lot of local shows? Do you get to go to a lot of local shows? Yeah, you know, we we have um we have a ton of shows all the time. We have a really historic venue here called uh, the Cine Ray. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a theater, a great venue. We have awesome bands go through there. Um before that, we had uh it was a VFW, but that was that was iconic. I mean, man, some 
some crazy stuff uh, happened over there at the VF in those days. And, and I think it, it, that, that was basically the main um, venue for out-of-town bands. I mean, I remember when, when it was the grindcore era and we had ah. bands like Waking the Cadaver and Annotations of an Autopsy. And, and when those guys were uh, you know, blazing that, that trail for us lighter guys in the metal community they they were doing it over at at the vfw in a in a sweaty you know 45 venue or 45 capacity unair conditioned venue so right. that that was definitely a a real iconic place to the south texas metalcore scene but unfortunately they shut that one down so ah. but uh, yeah it's a bummer but we we do we got some venues we've got one called yesbaria cultura we got uh Cino ray we got one of the uh, a, a race park so we, okay. we got a couple venues definitely so now as south see i always mess it up as south texas metalcore are you guys also helping other bands in the local scene definitely so we we totally plan on when we start uh actively playing on the um you know circuit again on the touring full-time hopefully sometime next year mm-hmm. uh we definitely do want to want to start um trying to have some support from local uh, bands. And we definitely plan on any time we have some a regional show, we're going to be having local talent on as well. Um, and so we are, we are in contact with a bunch of the other guys down here. We have a lot of buddies that are in bands and that uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, to work with and, and do some stuff with. So definitely we're trying to, to elevate them as well. And, and just, take McAllen to a to a, a higher place in in this scene in general and hopefully have some of the 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 out of town talent come back in because we haven't really uh been having too many um outside bands uh wow. in this scene coming through as much as they used to i mean recently we we had volumes and uh and upon a burning body mm-hmm. um they they came through and you know they're those are san antonio guys as well right uh, upon a burning body so they, they, that was good and before that i mean we get here and there but it's just it's not like it was in in 2010 where we would have uh huge we'd have product and we'd have uh, asking alexandria and then we would have bring me the horizon and they'd all under oath and they'd all come in a you know a, a month and a half period so that that's definitely have has uh, reduced so we're, we're trying to make you know mccallan a, a viable place again to support the scene no, I think that's a good way to be. So now being able to do this by yourself as you were, and then, you know, you have artery for, for a little bit later, getting things together. Were you shopping around originally or was it, I definitely want to do this by myself? So we, we definitely had wanted to do it by ourselves. We, we knew that just from prior experience that, uh, the label is always going to have some sort of, of, uh, definitive output and input into the uh, to the album and it, it just wouldn't allow us to do exactly what we wanted to do on it and I, it, that kind of comes across as, as being one of those deals but we were in the position to where we were fortunate enough to be able to do it uh, do it yourself you know so it, it really wasn't a priority so much to try to find a label but we were definitely wanting to uh, work with somebody on the management and booking front mm-hmm. and you know within the day of us releasing Brodio uh, back in 2017 uh, Seth had contacted us and 
had told us he loved the new song. He's been a longtime fan and he wanted to work with us. So we, we had negotiated for maybe two or three months and then uh, had something solid after that and happy to be a part of the Artery Global team. You know, they got a bunch of awesome bands. I, I can't say enough good things about the guys. Some of them like Necro Goblicon. They're oh, probably yeah. my, one of my favorite bands <laughs> right now. So I think, uh, you know, they're, they're right on with us with that album art and doing all of that kind of concepty stuff. So um, we're, we're super happy to be working with Artery and, and the, the whole roster and group of guys that they got. So definitely. You talk about Necrogoblicon. Look, if you guys get some type of a goblin to follow you around, you're going to be in a good place. That's for sure. I've had, that- them, on- <laughs> I've had them on the show twice. So believe yeah. me, I know they're really great guys. Excellent. I think I think Blue's trying to be our goblin, but I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, work from all the time. You call should, me call me the Blue Goblin, bro. You should I'm see good. this dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So Necro Goblicon, they're awesome. We got Bro Job. They're another crazy. I keep telling them they need to send us on a tour with Bro Job and Necro Goblicon. That oh yeah. That this shouldn't be legal tour because it's just going to be too crazy. That would you be know, awesome. I mean, that's too much craziness for one show. <laughs> No, I actually, that would be an amazing tour. You guys definitely should do that. That's for sure. Would you come out to that tour? If you guys are coming to Boston, I'll be out of that tour. All right. <laughs> hey, Seth, we got to have it, got to make it happen, man. Necro and bro job. Look, you guys talk about it a little bit about McKellen and not getting as many of the bigger name bands, but the same stuff is happening around here as well. I mean, when I say bigger bands, I'm talking about, you know, quote unquote scene bands. It's actually harder. <laughs> For bands to come into Boston, bands that I have on the show on a regular basis don't come here as much. And I don't know if it has something to do with maybe the popularity of the scene, but that's the kind of thing that scares me because I love this music and I never want it to go away. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's unfortunate to see, but at, at the same time, I kind of see uh, it, the, the scene gaining traction in mm-hmm. In the sense that you have bands now that five years ago, you would never hear them on the radio or you'd never expect to hear, um, you know, you if you would have told me in in 2015 that Bring Me the Horizon was going to be on a local rock station, I would have said you're smoking (laughs) too much. Like, yeah. And and and, you know, they're on Octane and Liquid Metal and even our local stations here all the time. So, I mean, we, we definitely see it improving in that sense. But I guess let me let me follow that up a little bit, though. So I totally agree in that sense. Now, Boston now only has one rock station that is, you know, actually far out of Boston. It's not even in the whole Boston area. But do you think that the reason why those bands are getting played on the radio is because they change their sound so much, though? That's one of those hard questions. You know, you you never know if if it, if they're doing it because of their fan base because they've been now playing for ten years in a case like say Motionless and why you know they're on the radio now with Voices and mm-hmm. and all of their other singles that they have and and they they're pretty far from where they they originally started. So I don't know if it's the the ten year thing or if they're going on uh, just a, a different sound, but. When it came to us, it, it, we're not focusing on on writing an album that's going to be um, suitable for any sort of like mainstream radio play. If you right. know, if it is, then then great, then we love that. But it, it was just a point to write 
um, something that we were going to be happy with 10 years from now, uh, you know, like we are with Lost in Existence. And um, we've experimented before. I mean, everybody knows the uh, the Climax saga and the Lit saga. So, <laughs> you know, we... we uh, we we got that out and and tried to to do something different but ultimately i mean you have to you have to write what you're comfortable with and and what you know best and so we we real really feel like uh we achieved that with this album but mm-hmm. you know if the the radio play deal if it is due to the fact that they're just changing it so drastically then you know good for them i mean every everybody wants to hit that mark and and get played on a national alec cracking a beer here on a <laughs> national stage like that so you know, we, we definitely understand why um, bands uh, change their sound so drastically and, and, you know, more power to them and, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. But but we just we really wanted to stay in, in an area where we wanted to uh, we were comfortable with it. And we knew that this was uh, truly us. It's our signature sound. And, and we, we wanted to make it just an album for the for the ages. And this is our last one, which it's not going to be. But figuratively saying, you know, we just wanted it to be uh, one that we're going to be happy with for the long foreseeable future. Right. And yeah, I did. I liked how you called Climax and Lit, you know, a saga. That's for sure. That was that was actually very funny. That made me laugh. But I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But you know what? And I'm even going to say this is honest truth. I'm a big fan of Attila. I just saw Attila recently. And the track Lit reminded me a lot of that. So I didn't really hate it. Like, I know there was a big backlash about it, but I totally get that. But I think what you mentioned before about, you know, making sure you had your sound what it was coming up when the announcements were, you know, flying out there that Scarlett O'Hara was back and the original members were back. I think people, especially fans, didn't know what to expect until... Welcome back to the Brodio came up with Step Right Up, you know, introing it and you got it out. And then you were like, wow, no, no, this is the Scarlett O'Hara that we remembered. But you could have easily come back eight years later with a completely different sound, because like I had mentioned, that's what a lot of bands that have been in the scene for a long time, they are changing their sound, whether it's good or bad. That's based on the person that's hearing it. But I think for me anyways, and I'm sure there are a lot of fans that feel the same way it's a great follow-up to have this type of sound on this new album. Yeah. I mean, well, it goes back to what Logan said, you know, when we wrote this album and when we started writing this album, we had, we knew exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to basically do, you know, lost in existence part two. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so that's, and then we got Eddie in and all the originals. So I was like, okay, we know this is what we're going to do. And then, exactly what we hoped for is what happened when welcome back to the Bredo came in it was like okay so you know original scarlet you know you're going back to the sound so we wanted to get that song out and just let everybody know you know hey you know we're, we're gonna you know do this because this is this is you know this is what we do this is our sound yeah so it's, it's, it came out good it's yeah. a daunting it's a it's a daunting task you know it's kind of scary looking out um as, as songwriters and as a band that hasn't been around in in so long in eight years it, it was kind of scary as to um releasing what just coming up with what we were going to do initially so i I think that that's where the previous sagas kind of uh were an important learning factor for that so once Mm -hmm. we came in with with brodeo that was already uh that was basically us assuring all the fans that like look this album is going to be 100 metalcore it's not going to be 
we're not going to show you a clip from a song that's all completely different but happens to have a screaming part that you're comfortable with we're not going to do that and kind of trick anybody like with welcome back to the brodeo it was very specific that uh that that was the intro track that was the first one we released it's the second track on the album and that because really in in essence that track is the mission statement for the entire album right um, it, it lays out in in the first couple lines um exactly what we wanted to do uh for the for, for the remainder of what the album was and and so that that's why we kind of released it a year before um the album came out because we we wrote it we were in the process of writing everything and we had seen a lot of uh assur- not not unsurety you know the fans were just unsure as to what we were going to sound like they didn't know if it was going to be the a previous kind of sound where it wasn't really what they were comfortable with so we wanted just to to assure them and lay it all right there that what you hear with welcome back is what you're going to hear all the way to the very end with curtain call right. there's not going to be any surprises uh you know and and a, a prime example and uh, you know I, I love the guys but when when under oath came out you know I, I was expecting a certain kind of album and right. uh you know, it might have not exactly sounded what I in my head specifically had thought of thought of for them. And I didn't want to have anybody kind of uh, question what the rest of the album is going to sound like. Right. Yeah. And that's a very good example to come up with, because, yeah, I think that's where I was going with that was that Under Oath also came out their first track actually really led people to believe that the sound for the rest of the album was going to be a certain way. And then once that second track got released, it was very, very different. And that still, Erase Me, is a very polarizing album in the scene right now, for sure. But when you guys released Lock From Within, that cemented what this album was going to be. And obviously, I've heard it many times now before being able to speak with you. And the rest of the album is just as heavy, if not heavier, from time to time. And it just flows perfectly definitely awesome to hear you know that that was really important uh when putting this album together um that that it flows correctly and that there's no jarringness or anything that isn't really you know out of place and and uh when you listen to it i think that kind of comes across you know we Mm -hmm. we have some of the songs some of the fan favorites towards the end and that kind of you know, makes you want to listen to the full thing, but we kind of want to entice you like that because the album is, in our opinion, uh, just a lot better if you listen to it in its entirety as a concept because then everything kind of makes sense. You know, you right. can see from from uh, prime example would be in Brody or in Step Right Up uh, when you hear the piano part right before uh, you you hear the the ticket guy saying "Step Right Up." You know how yeah. you hear the old little the piano riff. Mm-hmm. Well skip on over to the track uh, Tristeza Mm -hmm. and you actually hear that same piano part in there and reason being that we did that was it it wasn't just an accident we we had wanted to kind of portray that in whatever world that those people were in in our CD they were actively listening to Scarlett O'Hara the act at that time in that world so you know little concepty things like that and so when you listen to 
tristeza, you're, you're like, oh, shoot, that was the same piano part that was in the very beginning. And it kind of makes you want to go back and listen to it. So then you can kind of, you know, catch some of the little things that you didn't um, latch on to the very first time listening. It's like how you, you know, you watch a movie several times and you see new things each time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I totally get that. My favorite movie is Donnie Darko. So completely, hey, yeah, <laughs> completely on the same page on that one. So when you guys, as you seem to be a very plan oriented band, you schedule things out, you have, you know, ideas ahead of time. When you think about touring in 2019, are you thinking about doing this album front to back and then maybe throwing in some fan favorites? Or is this going to be something where it's a mix of both? You know, we, we haven't really gotten down into the into the actual nuts and bolts of the uh, of, of the set list and everything. I mean, we we fully intend to to uh, show off and primarily play um, the new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we wanted to kind of address that concern of having uh, old fan favorites and everything by adding the tracks such as Karma and Robots. Right. Uh, back into that album uh, th- those are two super um important and iconic songs in in our history so to be able to put those in into a, a full length finally um was kind of us just saying you know to the fans thanks for liking all of our uh previous stuff here's our fan favorites and though it might have not been uh the highest quality back then uh, they liked it a lot so we we wanted to uh throw that in into this album and um, it, it adds a real nice uh, mix to the to the whole the flow of everything. We got the the new kind of stuff that we're doing. You know, the until next time, the show must go on. Uh, dude, you're still being that guy. Those are real um, fast paced and and more on the metalcore side. But then when you listen to Karma or Robots, those are more reminiscent of our uh, early. 2008 2009 era right so that that was definitely our um us tipping our hat to the to the longtime fans that have been around and um kind of trying to uh to introduce some of our old material to 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 the new you know generation of, of fans there uh there there's probably a quite a few people who are maybe into brodeo that haven't necessarily heard robots or or a song from 2008 so we're happy to to remaster it in a real high awesome you know quality way and and show it off we're we're really excited for those too i mean if if you're a fan of any of the uh lost in existence or some of those real mellow moments of that album Mm -hmm. those songs are for you for sure absolutely so We've talked a ton tonight, I realize, because I checked the time. So we'll get to a few more things. But I did want to ask, and this is probably something I could have asked at the very beginning. But I don't know if anyone really got a complete answer of why you ended up leaving Rise. Is there anything you can go into that? Or is that just so far in the past you guys don't even bother with it anymore? Yeah, you know, that's one of those things that that's... uh... It, it's so far long ago that it, it's hard just even recalling the whole thing. I mean, Rise was great to us and, and all the guys, Craig, uh, you know, all, all the team that they had over there, they're, they're awesome guys and they're an iconic label and they, they do great things. But uh, at the time, it, it, it was just for everybody's um, best interest to, to, to go about in the way that we did. I mean, it, it was one of those deals. We had been um, playing for 
so many years already our uh when we were on the touring circuit, we, we had started in maybe 2007. So by mm-hmm. the time we're there in 2010, we had been doing that a bunch and, and just being as young as we are, we didn't do things as well as we should, but, you know, learning experience and, and rise and Artie and all the, the, the guys we worked with, they've been awesome and very understanding. So, and we still to this day, keep in contact with all of them. I've shown, Oh, good. Uh, you know, Craig and all the personnel over there at Rise, they're all, you know, down with Scarlet where everybody's happy. So there's no, um, you know, animosity or anything like that. I mean, we, we fully, uh, fully are, you know, supportive of, of all those guys. And, and it reflects in working with today with Artery and, and, you know, such close contact with all the other uh, bands that are on the Rise roster. So, you know, we're, we're still just as cool with them and and no issue, but there really wasn't any sort of um, definitive reason that, that it, it happened. It it was a multitude of things and just uh, in, in the best interest, but there was nothing dramatic or any sort of, you know, drama, nothing like that. It it was totally professional and um, it it wasn't a, uh, you know, we, we go to, to our studio and find all of our stuff thrown out. It, it wasn't anything <laughs> like that. So no, but, uh, but definitely. And I got to ask as well. I mean, I think everyone want to know too. So when you guys decided to go on hiatus, it wasn't that you, you know, you're never like, Hey, we're broken up and this is never getting back together again. And obviously there's a reason for that. You guys are back together and you just put out an album, but when, the answer to why was that you were all going off and doing different bands. Was that the truth on that one? Or did you guys just need a break from each other for a while? Um, well, honestly, it, it, it wasn't a, a break sort of thing from each other because, um, like I said, I've been living with Arnie, uh, the drummer since, uh, back then, since That's the true. hiatus initially started and, and Alec as well. I mean, we're all, super close buddies um so it wasn't anything like that it it was just more so of uh the scene was just a lot different back then and and we had gotten into it so young um we left tour the day after our high school graduation so we didn't we didn't get to uh to experience some of the things that we had you know wanted to initially and and just kind of took some time for ourselves uh to you know just develop us as as people i mean we all got our Uh, degrees we went to college we you know did all the typical stuff that's expected of society so (laughs) that's a good way to put it no that's awesome so i think we talked a ton about music and i think we hinted at some stuff earlier so i do have a question because i do other podcasts as well i have one dedicated to movies i always like to know you know what my favorite artists like to do you know when they're not doing music so Logan, I believe you had mentioned about, you know, Halloween and whatnot, and we'll get to that as well. Alec, what about yourself? Do you do anything outside of music that you enjoy a lot? Outside of music? Uh, well, like Logan said, we were going to school, and I was thinking of a lot of my time. And I don't know, man. I mean, I lived in Pennsylvania for a couple of years. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I lived there, yeah, so. And, and I picked up hockey, man. So oh, okay. these guys know I'm I'm a freaking hockey addict. Man. My ah. team, uh, LA Kings. I was born in LA, but I was I moved here down to South Texas when I was like three. So you know I'm Texas at heart for sure. And uh, but yeah, LA Kings. That's my team. Got a bunch of family over there. 
but uh, yeah, I'm a hockey freak, man. And I played for a couple of years. And uh, unfortunately, South Texas is like one hockey rink down here. So, I mean, right. I'll make it out when I can. But, man, I, I just I work a lot. And, uh, yeah, I like hockey and I like metal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, what about you, Blue? Dude, uh, to be honest, man, uh, Fortnite. Ah, I play sure. a lot of fucking Fortnite. Uh, as much as as much as I play, I still suck. I have not gotten <laughs> a fucking Royale victory Royale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, me and I, me and Alec actually live together, so he loves watching me play because uh, I just every time I die, I scream, and he's like, <laughs> "Dude, <laughs> like you're not good at this. Just stop playing it. You need something else." But to be honest, man, that's pretty much what I do. I play Fortnite a lot and just watch movies and. Get tattoos. And get, oh yeah, get tattoos. I'm ah, tattooed up from from head to toe, man. So there you go. Nice, perfect rich guy looking motherfucker. I guess. Yeah, you'll, <laughs> you'll see blue with his with his tattoos and his short yeah. shorts. Yeah, ah. dude. Back back in the day, I, I had long hair and wasn't tattered as much as I was. But now it's just he's been my... he's been with us for since since those touring days. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. So from my neck to. I'm actually gonna do uh, my face now, and Alex kind of telling me not to do it. Yeah, he's gonna get SOH, SOH on his upper yeah. eyebrow. Yeah, SOH, bro, all the way. There you go. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna get it, why not get it on your face? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, man. Very cool, man. All right, Logan, what about yourself? Man, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, shit, nah, they're all trying to tell me something different now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so I'm, I'm a real estate agent i sell houses on my spare time so if anybody out there and wants to move to south texas you can hit me up and i'll there get you go. a good deal like, yeah but uh yeah now it's 110 here but you know aside from that i mean my, my main deal is just doing the band and uh and uh playing a lot of world of warcraft i know that's Damn. bad but man i've had that i got that game on pre-order whenever it came out initially so i've played longer than 99 percent of the players so eat it Wow. <laughs> yeah. <Damn. laughs> yeah, a lot of people like to give us crap, but they know Logan. They know I play WoW. Illidan server horde. There you go. Alive, I suck it. <laughs> yeah, Wait. I had me on uh, Fortnite uh, on Xbox One. Oh, badass. No, nah, I don't do that. He sucks. But yeah, man, just just that, you know, and doing doing Scarlet. I mean, I <laughs> I I keep my uh my day busy doing the uh the everyday kind of. I I kind of do the business aspect of the of the band and get oh, all the the merch and day to day uh things that need to be done. So you know that that fills my day up. I was earlier. I was finally getting to uh see how we we get our our merch uh printed and everything yeah. we we have uh on our story we we're giving some previews and we're really fortunate everything down here is is a hundred percent handmade and uh we don't do any sort of outsourcing we're not getting it from uh you know our, our gear from some out-of-state place uh we're we're directly 100 percent involved in making all of our stuff and yeah. it's it's you know gonna last the lifetime of the product so we're really happy about that and uh, i got to see the samples today and everything looks really awesome so we're, we're so excited to to ship out all the gear and and have everybody uh see what we've been working on now i still remember back in the day i ordered the original lost in existence with everyone's signature and got shirts with it as well and they were really really high quality so i totally get what you're saying 
Yeah, definitely. This, these, uh, you know, they're they're screen printed and they're they're handmade by uh, two people. So all of our stuff gets our stamp of approval before we let it out. And uh, we're we're you know we're really into to giving the fans and everything the the highest quality for their for their dollar. We're so yep. appreciative of them spending their money on on our uh, on our stuff like that. So the least we can do is is just make sure that everything is the the highest quality and, and we don't skip any corners. We're not going to try to shave a dollar off of something to, 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 you know, get a different quality or something like that. I mean, we, it's ultimately the, the fan is, is uh, the priority. And um, we think when, when they get the gear in it's they're, they're going to be really happy with it. We have some crazy uh, album art. Um, yeah. When you open up the disc, uh, for welcome back you're not even going to be able to tell there's a cd in the in the tray i mean it it uh is interactive with the back tray so it kind of has like a illusion effect and we're just we're really excited to show everybody uh, how it works yeah man and by the way i watched that instagram wow why am i having trouble talking i watched that instagram story earlier as well and it seemed like at the end of there there was a hint at a possible new music video am i correct that's one of those things, man. You know, they're just gonna have to uh, gonna have to tune into our social media and, and right. check it out. You know, I I don't know who posted that on there. I don't know. I don't think it was me, so I'm not gonna speak for another member. I, I don't know if they maybe went and did a music video behind our back, but but uh, I don't know. They're just gonna have to check onto the to the web on you know the website, Instagram, Facebook, and and see what there is, but. You know, I would hope if there is a music video that it's not going to be uh, too far out, seeing as we're, Very nice. you know, this close to the release. So, Well, now, Logan, on that note, I will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow you guys on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything you've got, as well as a link to the website and the merch store so that people can go ahead and pick up everything that you guys have. Definitely. Thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely. The new album, Welcome Back to the Brodeo, comes out on Friday. I am hoping to get this out by then, but it does take me a long time since just myself to make sure that everything is going smoothly. So maybe by this weekend or something like that. But hopefully everyone will be listening to the new album, will have picked it up. I'm really excited because I really did love it. I'm a big fan, and this was very awesome to have you guys on the show. So once again, thank you guys so much. Thank you, man. It was it was a uh... You know, long time in the making. I, I know that you've been getting in the contact with us for several years. I mean, shoot, yeah. <laughs> for a long time now. So we're so happy we finally have uh, enough material to come onto your show and talk about. And whenever you want to have us back on, uh, we'd, we'd love to be here. Hopefully we can get the other guys, Andrew and uh, Eddie and, and Arnie in. You Absolutely. know, they're all busy right now doing their their day job making their money to to live so oh, yeah. you know but they definitely want to be here and uh they, they say what's up to everybody for sure same here man well thank you guys once again much appreciated hey thanks man Sir, thanks for having us hey, thanks bro
I am back. The track you just heard was Locked From Within. A big thank you 
goes out to Logan, Alec, and Blue for taking the time to do the show. That was basically years in the making. Make sure you pick up Welcome Back to the Brodeo and follow the links in the description of the episode to support everything Scarlett O'Hara does. They're not going anywhere, so make sure you do it. Also, if you liked what you heard, you can follow the other links in the description of the episode to support me, Ian Hates. We're going to end tonight with the new track, The Show Must Go On. You can see the brand new music video for this, as well as a ton of other things on Scarlett O'Hara's website. Thanks again to Scarlett O'Hara, and I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
Yeah.